Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Madrigal at the Movies with Rob and Rob. I am one of your hosts, Peter Madrigal. Hey, guys, and I'm Rob Federick, and uh, I guess I'm the second, not the 13th, to be here today. <laughs> I'm Rob Schulte. I am the third, definitely not the last. Um, <laughs> and today we're talking the 13th Warrior, and... Peter, this was your choice. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. And I wanted to do like a uh, similar episode this time around, guys, to what we did with Valerian. Because uh, growing up and, you know, I'll start, I'll I'll kick it off, uh, you know, for a minute here. But growing up, I did see this movie. This was part of my little ecosystem. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um. you know, so I really, I, I really enjoyed this movie, and um, and you know, we'll talk about you know when you guys first saw it. I'm sure that this is a very new f- film for you know some of you here. <laughs> um, <laughs> but for me though, the uh, the one thing I do appreciate about this film is its soundtrack. It's just like Gladiator to me. I own both the Gladiator soundtrack and this soundtrack. Yeah, I know. So I, I, I really, I, I do like this soundtrack a lot. But you know, uh, other than that, yeah. this movie definitely has some big problems. But before we get into all that, what is, what would you give well, this thing? What would well, you rate this? I, I wouldn't say it's a punch yourself in the face movie, but yeah, of um, course. But you know, and we'll get into when we first saw it in a second too. But I, I would say it's a movie that you should definitely watch if you're a fan of Beowulf or any of those like old medieval, uh, you know, pre-medieval era movies or Vikings. If you're into that, you know what I mean. I think that it's a movie that you should watch because there's a lot of elements. But when you brought this to the table, Peter, I said there's a lot of elements of Thirteen Warrior that I love. There's mm-hmm. a lot of things that I find wrong with it, mm-hmm. and we'll discuss them today. But that's sort of the opinion it's not really a punch yourself in the face movie but it's it's one you should not miss maybe either. pinch yourself on the arm pinch yourself on the arm yeah, yeah why not why yeah, not there we go listen guys it was written by michael Crichton, right like yeah. it, it uh based from the the death eaters or something like that the eaters, eaters of, of the, the dead. dead eaters of the dead yeah so. and he i think he directed the first uh he direct he was the first director and then the uh studio got some audience feedback yeah and so John McTiernan had to come in and right. uh, do a bunch of reshoots, which is definitely shown in the pacing of the movie and oh, yes. the, the overall stitching of the story. Like yep. you, you definitely see that uh, this thing was kind of thrown around for a bit. Like they, you could tell they kind of stitched this together, uh, not last minute, but there's definitely issues that you can tell. There's a lot in the cutting room floor that exactly. didn't get into this movie, yeah. and. Just, uh, but like seeing those credits, watching this movie, because I had never seen this movie right. before, and I'm like, all right, based on Michael Crichton, okay, uh, John McTiernan, okay, Antonio right. Banderas, right. Omar Sharif, okay, okay. And I think it was Omar Sharif's <laughs> last film, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm so sorry, Omar. Um, what happened was he got so disappointed with the outcome of this movie that he retired from acting for. Until right. around 2003, I think. Oh, that's yeah. true. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It feels like it would work on paper. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it definitely had all the elements. I just feel also And it's like, showing my hand a little bit on my thoughts on it. But <laughs> yeah. like, also, Which I, I can't watch, wait to get, by the way. <laughs> yeah. You know, I know Antonio Banderas was kind of a big star in the 90s. Uh, and um, 
I just thought it was weird that he was playing an Arab man. You know what I mean? Like, I was just like, wait, like, why wouldn't they just cast someone who was Arab? When I, that was my first thought mm. when I saw it. And I was like, why is a Spaniard playing? I thought, why didn't they just make him a Spaniard or whatever? But it was interesting because of the fish out of water. This is a movie about a fish out of water, you know? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So without further ado, I mean, you like, know, his character's a real person, though. Yes. I just found that Ahmed out. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah, it's. I think that's Crichton might have gotten inspiration he, yes. of it and made it seem like this could have been yeah, actually because torn from the pages of history. From what I understand, uh, that per, that uh, that courtier, that uh, ambassador, yeah, uh, he was never. I don't think he was uh, heard from for a long time when he finally got back to Baghdad. Oh you know? wow! So he traveled mm. north with some with the Norsemen. You know? Right. So right, right. I think it was lost in the pages of time. So he yeah. just kind of like made a fictitious. He blended that 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 historical figure with Beowulf. Yes, he totally, totally yeah. did. And we should talk about that too. But before, but yeah, <laughs> ripped from the pages of time and ripped from the shelves of my basement vault, come the VHS so that I can read the back of the box. Woo! It's back of the box moment. Oh, what's in the box? Not you, give me the what's gun. in the fucking box? All right. Antonio Banderas from The Mask of Zorro brings huge star power to an immensely thrilling action adventure from the hit-making director of Die Hard and the Thomas Crown Affair, an exiled ambassador far from his homeland, Ahmed comes across a fierce band of warriors who are being attacked by ferocious creatures legendary for devouring all living things in their path. And then, when an old fortune teller warns the combatants that they are doomed to failure without a 13th warrior, Ahmed is given no choice but to join their battle and help conquer the mysterious enemy. Suspenseful and endlessly exciting, this exhilarating hit is sure to thrill anyone who enjoys action on an epic scale. Wow. <laughs> now, I mean, yeah, yeah I, that's 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 as good as any other back of the box, I guess. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> basically, um, what, here's here's my question. Well, actually, you know, we'll just go with the format. When did you guys first see this movie? Well, I mean, I remember clearly seeing the trailers for this. Yeah getting really amped with my dad back in New Jersey in 1998, I believe. 99. 99. So, but no, but I think, yeah, the trailers, we started seeing them in 1998. But yeah, yeah. And, uh, and then I remember that my cousin was staying with us. Uh, he was living there for a year with us to learn uh, English better and stuff. Mm-hmm. And we were all big Braveheart fans. So we're like, oh, dude, this movie looks awesome. It looks epic. Like, mm-hmm. let's go watch this thing. And um, we went to the local... Mansfield 16 theaters was a small little theater in Hackettstown, New Jersey, where I used to live. And um, I remember that we were like so amped. And then we were kind of disappointed when we walked out of the theater because we were expecting so much more. So that's what I want to touch on today, because I do want to talk about the things that were right about this movie. Um, I still remember my dad le- letting out a real big chuckle in the scene where they're all sharing the water and sneezing <laughs> on it and like being all gross and shit. Like we were laughing our asses off on that part. So like I remember that memory distinctly. Uh, but I just remember walking out of there going like, wait, like but I, I don't understand, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, that was the first time I watched it. Yeah, I think that uh, Rob, just to 
Just to say, I think around that time, since we're all similar ages, 99 is like really a central point of me realizing not every movie is good. Right. Like up until roughly that point, it's like, I love it. I'm at the movies. This is great. And then like my critical thinking faculties start getting a little bit better. I'm seeing more stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Kicking in. Uh, But um, this movie, I didn't I don't remember trailers for. I don't remember anything. I remember the cover of this box. Mm. Like that jumps out at me. But I nothing ever drew me to it. So this morning was the first time I watched this movie, wow. guys. Wow. And I try and watch movies at least twice for this podcast. I just uh happen to only be able to watch it once for this one. Once is fine. Um I think I would I'll probably want to watch it again because I always like to watch stuff with a critical eye after mm-hmm. we discuss it. But this is one of those ones where I love how you say critical eye and the poster is basically <laughs> an eye an eye over yeah. a ship, you know? Like <laughs> I'm also thinking of the one where it's like half Antonio Banderas' yes. face and there's like yeah. the swords. Yep, yep. That yeah. one. Um but yeah, uh this movie ultimately didn't do it for me, but it's like a lot of things I really liked. It's just the whole meal wasn't what I wanted to eat, mm. if that makes sense. I got you. I got you. Yeah. yeah. So I guess, you know, we should probably start pointing out uh, the things that we do like, right? Because yes. I, mm. um, you know, for me, there is a lot in this movie that I do like. And, you know, uh, for example, I'll start saying that I actually really like the relationship between um, uh, Abed and Erger, I think it is the way the guy who calls him little brother, for yeah. example. Yeah. Brother. Yeah. You know, like the whole look, the whole premise of the movie starts out real interesting because essentially it's Beowulf, right? Like yes. it's like this. It's it's like Ahmed well, down, down is, to the names, too. It's like instead of Beowulf, Bullwolf. you have Bullvi. Yeah. You yeah. Have, instead and of how uh, you could evolve that into. But didn't they call him the gray wolf or something like that? Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, instead of Grendel, yeah. you have the Wendell. Right, the, right yeah. uh, but the only name that stayed same is Wigloff, who is the uh, <laughs> right, right, and 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 you know, Bulva is this huge blonde Norse yeah. dude that like just like Beowulf, and Ahmed is like us, the everyman yeah. being tagged along in this adventure, fish out of well, water, and like uh, Beowulf's told in a style of like, hey, I was here, I've right. heard this story, right. you know, so. Right. Right. Not first person. And the fact that like Beowulf is, you know, it's it's supposed to be a poem about reality. Like it's not like it's it's a legend, but like it's supposed to be kind of documented as, as if this actually happens. Yes. And what we're watching in the 13th Warrior is like, well, if it really did happen, this is kind of what really happened. And then it got grossly exaggerated over time. You know what I mean? Which yeah, I think is yeah. all great. I love, you know, it feels sort of Hobbit like with the dwarves going off with Bilbo and, you know, Ahmed mm-hmm. being kind of Bilbo type of thing. Like, I like all that. Uh, it, it, it has, it screams great adventure. The cinematography sure. is cool. Like, I love the 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 settings, you know what I mean? The, that Norse kind of yeah. forests and pines and all that. All of that is great. And the characters are interesting in terms of like who they are. Not all of them, but some of them, right? Um, so I, I, I love all that aspect and the mystery of who are these creatures that are attacking yeah. this village. I'll leave it Absolutely. at Absolutely. What about you, I Rob? Think what, what, what jumped out to you? Like, you know, like... Well, I 
loved the way things looked in this movie yeah. and worked and like everything had a real texture to it mm-hmm. and like it's like if you rubbed your hand against the tv screen it would have felt grainy you know like yeah. grit you know yes um the thing that i keep coming back to that i was just like that looks awesome was when they were seeing the approaching army with like the flames right yeah. it was like a and, dragon and they're like yeah see it's a dragon and then it totally like clicked for me to be like yeah from a distance you could like equate that in a, in you know mm-hmm. primitive mind or whatever yeah. you know yeah. um and i thought that visual really opened up my eyes to other things so like when they when they go after the uh the the bear liver what it, uh the eaters of bear the people dead. yeah but uh a group that actually like apparently lived like that and wore wore those yeah, things like those skins, seeing yeah. those little huts and the skins and the going into the caves the like black all this stuff was yes it was just so cool and i loved that um really sticks out to me and that's mainly i want to see that again you know yeah there's there is an incredible realism i feel like to this movie oh, like yeah. it grounds it in a in a great way but yeah no, I I agree with everything you guys said. Like my whole thing, my favorite part of this whole movie, of course, is the music. Like I said, I own mm-hmm. the soundtrack to, to only great. two different, to only two movies, right? Gladiator, a Gladiator, and the Thirteenth Warrior. Of course, they both have Tony Karan in them. Yeah, Shout out yeah. to Tony Karan. <laughs> <laughs> when I met him, I was all like, "Oh yeah, you're the one that was trying to execute, um, execute Maximus in Gladiator." And he's yeah. like, "Wait a second, <laughs> hold on." I don't know if I've told this story before, but he was like, wait, who is, was he? In, who is he in? Uh, I was in Warrior. Underworld. Okay. I was Marcus in Underworld. Right, right. But you remember me as the Praetorian in right, Gladiator? Right, right, right. No, he was the redhead. Um, oh, that, that, yeah. That Herger cuts his head off like at will, like he fights him at the end. No, huh. no, he's part of the band. He's, oh, okay, so, the red, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So uh, he's, um, Ahmed is doing all the jumps with the horse. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, Only yeah. an Arab would bring a dog right, to Right, 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 that's him. That's and him. then he <laughs> jumps over Tony Karan's character and right. he hits his face right, in the right, mud right, and right, starts right, laughing right, about right, it. Right, 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 right. But yeah, no, I, I do like, you know, the uh, the tone, not, not, I'm not going to say tone. I do like the temperature in the movie. Like, it looks mm. cold. It's just like, it's yes. just like Twilight and, uh, Rambo. That's what I mean, the setting is. Yeah, um, I love really the cool. way it looks. But for me, other than that, this movie just kind of falls apart for me. You it know? falls apart. It, you know what? To me, I don't know if you agree with this, Peter, but mm. it has a great first act. Like yes, the it does. setup is great. Mm-hmm. I think the. Well, I, I do have a problem with the first act, too, though. But go ahead. I and I want to hear more about too. this, but we should. Let's yeah. take a break and come okay. back. And I want to hear about this, Rob. Okay. Is that cool? Yeah, let's do it. Hey, we're back. It's Magic Alt Movies with Rob and Rob. And uh, Rob, I'm sorry I interrupted you. No, it's Go all on. good. No, I feel like there is a great first act in terms of that setup of all of this mm. movie is really good everything that where this adventure is taking us right like it's these guys gather in and ahmed is there and then they they select him as the 13th warrior he's like wait what i don't i have nothing what what are you talking about i'm not going on this journey or whatever and then like it's like no you gotta go he does it um he's on this you know like i love the scene on the boat when they're laughing and the storm is coming like i actually took a scene from that and and redid it somehow in soul collector which is a project yeah. yeah i really enjoy that 
because it screams just epic adventure to me. And, yeah. and I related to Ahmed as being the guy, you know, like, I don't know what's going on. And then all these dudes are huge and their horses mm-hmm. are enormous. And it's like yeah. all this adventure. And it's like, you know, there's these dead people that are eating the dead. And there's this, like, we don't know what we're going to face. Mm-hmm. That call to adventure, I think, is great. Once we get to the town. Yeah. There's some things that sort of fall apart, but there's still some elements that I really like in terms of just like, let's build the fort, like how he shapes his sword and like he starts to develop as a character. Granted, I think that he learns to speak their language a little too quickly. See, I have a problem with that because I, a, I think it should have been like a parchment or something that he had to, because there's, for for someone to learn a language, you need like a key, a few key words and then you start, you know, picking up on it. You can't yeah. just like go in there and start listening to someone. It's not going to work. Like, you know what I mean? Right. And I have a real problem. Now, if he was like, that's a technique trans- McTiernan uses in multiple movies, right? Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. This one, it just seems like a little less forgiving. You know, it well, seems like much more of a leap. Yeah, well, exactly. I think I think it's also like we're expected to suspend our disbelief a little bit. I think also the journey was supposed to take mm. a couple of weeks. It wasn't like a couple I, of days. No, but, but I understand yeah. that. But even in a couple of weeks, you're not going to no. learn Russian. I know, I know, I know. It, but I mean, I understand. Here's the thing. I understand the technique they were going for. Like, okay. I, I do appreciate what they were trying to do in the sense that it's like, Sure. Well, we want to make it realistic. He doesn't speak their language. He doesn't know their culture. It's like, a, and eventually we do have to get to the point where everyone understands each other in the movie. So how do we bridge I would have that done gap? It differently. How would you have done it? I would have, uh, he, he, uh, when he goes on the adventure, they, uh, they send a letter and he has to transcribe the letter because they can't read. Okay. You know what I mean? Or something like that. It w- I would have done it a different way. You know, I, w- I would have probably just given him, uh, more, uh, more knowledge on the language so that it's like, oh, I already know this. Yes. So right. like something they're there. clicks in. Yeah. They're in that tent beforehand. So maybe yeah. he knows a little bit about them beforehand or something. Or he can like communicate like food, eat, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. so like you have this like, like you're not spoon fed it as an audience, but you know that he knows a little bit. And so as the journey goes, if we get that scene after just a couple of things peppered in before, it would have been a little bit more believable. I just love how it's like it's almost like a superpower because it's like, how did you know yeah. our language? She's like, I listened. Yeah, and it's like, yeah. what, like yeah, over but, a couple hours in a campfire, and you put it all together, man. Like hey, you're man, a was, bright hey, motherfucker. Times are different. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I remember. I, I remember when I was a kid watching this movie with my parents and my mom was watching that scene. She's like, no, come on. Right. No way. Right. And <laughs> that's know? the thing. It's like, you want to like in those kind of situations, you want to cement it in realism or whatever, then just commit a hundred percent to the fact that like, everybody's going to speak a different language and there's going to be different communications and make that an aspect of the story and the yeah. adventure. Or you, I I'm with you, Rob. Like I would have just had him come in where he understand a, he understood a basic amount of the language and yeah. you know he he learned, or it's an adventure that took a year or two. Well, and, I mean, like he eventually learned. To tell it. you the truth, I would have kept the narration going throughout the film because you only you only hear him narrate like uh, at the beginning, at the, at really the end. beginning and the end, and then that's it. But if you have him narrate and then start finally understanding their language when they get to that hut with all the dead people, yeah. And he starts like throwing up, yeah. and that's where he st- finally starts understanding. That would have been a little bit more believable to me. Exactly, exactly. You know? But it, we hear his narration; he's narrating us through the story the entire way. I wouldn't mind that. By the way, guys, um, yes. one thing I do have a problem. Another thing I do have a problem with, and I would have fixed in this movie, is um, 
like when, when they see when they get to the hut and there's all these you know dead bodies and they're not upon right uh and then they find the the bear print right in the ground right i wouldn't show anybody watching them it would f- uh, maybe make make it feel like they're being watched like in friday the 13th or you do you know, uh ooh, have you ever seen oblivion oblivion the tom cruise uh, movie no, I haven't seen that yet. Oh, well, I don't want to ruin it then. <laughs> okay, but my point is is that you don't show the devil. You know what I mean? You yeah. make it keep yeah. it a mystery. And like like when they're out and you know looking at the forest and the, the animals are running out, maybe you have something there, but you're not sure yeah. what it is. Yeah. I mean, my whole thing, I don't like the bear costumes. Maybe, maybe some of them wear the bear stuff, but like they always take the heads. Why do they take the heads? They should have been like putting the skin on their faces, make it even creepier Ooh. than you, you see what I mean? It's like, like that's the way I would have fixed this movie. I wouldn't have had the epic battles because the epic battles look cheap. They look terrible. I, you know? I guess they do. I mean, I, I wouldn't, I didn't yeah. mind the epic battles. I like the thing but, but, for but me is here's the thing. You got the, you got Bullvi, you got Ahmed and you got the other guy with, with spears right. stopping an entire charging army. And then it cuts to him, you know, hitting one of the, one of the, the eaters of the dead off of him, you know, but you know it's what like, I liked about really- that first battle though, is when Ahmed gets his first wound. Hmm. Like that felt real to me. That oh, felt I, mean, cool. I, I was like, talking like, about the second battle. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. The, like the I last one. Dude, you cut it. You cut it from like you know the guy. One of the one of the warriors getting his head chopped off, right, and getting yeah. carried out, and and then all of a sudden he gets hit, bashed, and he's blacks out. Yeah. And then and then to the next scene is like, oh, he didn't run. You know what I mean? Right. Right. right yeah. Right, right. I would have had him black out. It's, I don't know. Yeah. I I mean, what I do, I do like the aspect of the bear costumes because you refer, but I would have played that mystery key a lot longer. Exactly. Like I would have made yeah. it seem like, what are we dealing with yes. here? And then you start to figure out, piece together that they are humans, right? And it's like, yeah. But I mean, but was there any doubt in your guys' mind? When you I was know, a kid, you can yeah. Keep, but you can keep the mystery uh, going, Rob. You can keep it like. That's what I want. I would yeah. want that too. But what I'm saying is like, from the first encounter, I know you guys were talking about a further battle down, but like from yeah. the first encounter, like there was no mystery at all. Right. And right. It would have been great if I didn't know if this was a fantasy film or uh grounded in reality. Gotcha. Right. And that's the For idea. at least twenty more minutes. Yeah. You know? That's the idea, is what I'm saying. Is like if you have that element of, here's I'll give you a perfect example. If you guys have ever watched the show The Phantom of the Opera, mm-hmm. right? On Broadway. Mm-hmm. The Phantom is obviously a human. He's not a ghost, mm. but they play the elements and they have him do certain things that are never fully explained. Mm-hmm. Right. And you just assume he was that brilliant that he was able to figure out. But there's an era of mystery. It was like, how does he actually get to do the things that he is doing to portray himself as a ghost? Because he's clearly a man. What I would think is the same thing with these de- mm-hmm. uh, eaters of the dead. It's like, at first, we, we're not really sure what they are because they wear bearskins and we could use yeah. foreground shots where they run in front or whatever. We don't really fully see what they are. And we're dropped hints, but we never really fully understand. And I'm cool with it if it's never explained in the movie of how did they do all the things that they sort of did, right? Yes. Like it is mm-hmm. interesting to say, well, like you said, Rob, like, oh, that the fire, that could be a dragon. You know, if somebody was telling a story back in those times, you would have said, yes, a great dragon attacked us. But then as us as an audience, we get the like peek behind the curtain to say like, oh, well, that's what got exaggerated by history. I like that aspect of it. 
but we don't need to understand how they made the dragon like or whatever you know what i'm saying like sure yeah exactly exactly i'm right there with you i'm right there with you but i guess like leaning on what you're saying peter how you you think that this is something that you could essentially with a handful of changes be a better film Mm. if i'm understanding correctly um yeah, it's hard to pinpoint that for me, not being a filmmaker, but I can like conceptualize that idea. And I think obviously uh, in season three, when we revisit uh, the 13th Warrior, right. um, I will I will have a better thought on that. But I really wish that, I feel like maybe it's a pacing issue and maybe it that's totally because is. of the, the uh, stitching they had to do for mm, this. Yeah, but yeah. like, man, if, if there was a consistent arc that's like, right, you know, here's the guy, we meet him, we're here, and all of these kind of more, what I'm going to call ethereal, like the dragon scene, yeah. like this, that, or the other, or the, the deceptions that they do on the guys in the battle, but um, like, if you almost had to like catch that, yeah, because you're sucked so much into this adventure yeah. with Ahmed, you know, mm-hmm. if on the other side of it, they'd be like, oh, there's the dragon. And as a viewer, I'm like, oh, no, that's just some torches Bunch of people with torches held, yeah. or, pe- you know, or this, that or the other. That's fog. But like on a second view, I'm rewarded by being like, oh, I get what they mean. Yeah, right. I don't know. I think that could have been well, I would be more exciting for of, me. Well, to piggyback off of what you're saying. Um, yeah. A lot of the pacing issues that you're talking about, uh, they have story, like there's storylines that don't go anywhere. You know, like the whole Prince Wigloff scene. Yeah. You know, that, like it just ends. We don't even That's see that I guy mean. for the like, rest of the- You could tell where I they mean, stitched it. Either there, there's, yeah, exactly. Either there's two things you could have done with that. Number one, get rid of it entirely. Yeah. <laughs> you sure. know, That's get rid of it entirely. Or maybe you mentioned Wigloff is dying because, you know, he's the son of the king and, right. and he doesn't have an heir. Right. Okay. Or number two, and this would be very intriguing. Yeah. He is part of that whole cult and he prays to them and he has like a blood oath with them. Yeah, or that something. Cool. And that's why that they're coming back yeah. I would have done, that would have See? been what I would have done too. Yeah. Something that I would have done, we're talking about mystery and keeping the supernatural sort of element yes. alive is, all right, this bull, Bulva dies at the end because he's poisoned, right, by the mm-hmm. witch. What if these creatures or these people had developed some sort of hallucinogenic poison mm. that when they attack people or it's like a, you know, like an like odor. Scarecrow that, thing from kind Batman. of like Scarecrow from Batman, Batman Begins, right? Mm-hmm. But like that, and that it causes hallucinatory properties. So you think they're creatures. You see their eyes yes. maybe glow like in Batman Begins. And, you, you know, they don't really know. The first time you encounter them, like, oh, my God, they're these vicious creatures. But then they start to figure out that they feel sick or something. And the next time they're going to attack, it's like, it's not real. It's not real. And then they realize, oh, they are actually human. Like, that would have been more interesting. You could even. Yes, I agree. And you could even bring back in the element of the witch that we see in the yeah. movie. Yeah. To like. Grendel's Maybe. Mom. Yeah. Uh, she comes on the journey with them or something. And so when they start hallucinating, she's the one who's like, oh, I know what this is. And does like a. Uh, the same thing from herself to be like, no, this is this is man-made, mm. you know, or this is, and then they're starting to like piece these things together. Wait, you're saying I don't know, you're I really, saying the girls that are on the Viking side? Because I'm talking about the witch. No, though. I'm saying I am saying that if the villains, yeah, for lack of a better word, 
were using some sort of hallucinogenic, right? Then if they would have brought the old crone witch lady who said you need to bring a thirteenth warrior right, right, out right. of this oh, tribe, yeah, 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 along with them, yeah, maybe she's like, I know what this herb mixture is what this spell is that made you guys hallucinate right and then it could be like a combatant exactly okay we're figuring out the mystery of these people b it's not uh fantasy anymore it's of this earth and it's like this relevatory moment right which i think you could have played that really well the other thing that i think falls short in this movie that's really actually bothered me about it is that it's well, <laughs> the end, credits. like the end bothered me because it's like, when the fuck did this become the story of Bullvi? Like, I was like, yeah. when did this switch yeah. to all of a sudden Bullvi yeah. being the fucking main character and Ahmed just the being there to watch? End. Exactly. It's like, I don't <laughs> Might as care. Well underline like, it. I don't yeah. care that he died. I don't feel bad for him. I don't understand why anyone cares. Like, yes. I was like, I was along the ride for Ahmed, and then all of a sudden it just switched to be like Bullvine putting his. I'm yeah, okay with the, it. the first man. Yeah, which by the <laughs> way, he does a voice in Skyrim. He's I know, one of dude. The, He's the king. Yeah, one of the earls. Yeah. Um. Anyway, but no, I'm okay with him Play fighting earl, yeah. and dying and having that part. Like the their leader died, but like I wouldn't have made it so central on him and made this climactic battle about him. I and I I know maybe they're maybe trying to do something different or maybe this is where they hit some shit in the cutting room floor. But I never I would have centered on Ahmed and then oh, have that yeah. be an issue that the leader died maybe protecting him and that was like a rite of passage like now you're really one of us yes. type of thing or whatever. And and I don't know I I, I would have changed that I would I want to hear your thoughts on that because I had a big problem. Well, with that. W- you want to go ahead, Rob? No, you go, Peter. I would have wanted to see more of a relationship develop between some of these characters. And that's what I, going back to like the whole Prince Wigloff thing, you either get rid of it or you make it more centralized and he's like worshiping their their demon goddess or something like that. I would have, if that's the case, I would have made the, like developed the relationship a lot more between Ahmed and Bulvai because there's none of that, you know, there's no, like you're just like, oh, he's along for the ride. Wouldn't they actually like talk instead of just, oh, you learn to read sounds or you right, learn right, to like right. write sounds? That's it. That's the that's the length of their conversation. And it's like all of a sudden you're supposed to care about this king who you know, yeah, like who's also kind of a scoundrel and like an but idiot. Yeah, but he doesn't have any characteristics. You don't know who he is. Yeah, he's yeah, just yeah, the yeah. king. You know, we haven't been given the chance. Huh? Oh, I was just saying we hadn't been given the chance. No, we like, haven't. You for know? one I, reason or another. Yeah. It's so weird. It so, felt that's why the narration. <coughs> that's why, like, for me, the narration and then like him learning the language through, yeah. let's say, parchment. Yeah. And him narrating the story for us yeah. would give us a little bit more ground uh, uh and caring about this character, you know, a little bit more ground in the film. So I'm gonna say something widely controversial that I would never okay. say on this podcast. But you're gonna <gasps> say it on the podcast. But I'm gonna say it on the podcast because I always <laughs> say the opposite. But I would say that the thirteenth warrior is deserving of a remake. Yeah. And uh, I have never said that. I'm always uh, in the disagreement that good, mo- you know, movies should be remade. But it's but, not good though. But this one d- is deserving of a remake because of the sense that the mo- the first attempt was not a great one. The premise, the lore, the textures, the everything about this movie, the skeleton of it, 
has a lot of potential. Now, the only thing is, the only person to remake this movie is Rob Federick, because if Hollywood remakes this movie, they will turn it into a supernatural superhero fest that I cannot fucking stand anymore, and I will not stand for it. We are, we're on the downfall. I'm saying it right now, listeners, superheroes are on the, the way out. Like, get the hell out of here. But even, it's just, not even the superhero thing. It's like, everything they make now is, everything has to have a supernatural element or superpower element. Like, somebody has abilities. Like, like they'll give Ahmed the ability to learn a language real fast because he's actually got abilities. You know what I mean? It's not like... Pirates of the Caribbean 5? Exactly. Like, there's... It's been the same freaking circle since the 70s yeah. you exactly know? and so like we need to make this a realistic movie with so, a remake that's so much my idea is yeah. for remaking this like with you know like having like give him know, a cape give him <laughs> x-ray vision give, <laughs> no. no but uh, uh so my uh, my idea was you know of course like you know some of the foot soldiers they either wear bear or that you know just for because of the book or like they put the faces on they take the heads they yes. always take the heads. Why are they taking the heads? You know, so they can wear someone else's face, right? Because that's that's crazy. Midsummer. Um, mm-hmm. But my whole idea was like, oh, let's put some Resident Evil type monsters, you know, in the middle of this whole thing, like kind of directing traffic in a sense, you know, and just make Ooh. it like, you know, Resident Evil, you know, <sighs> you know, yeah, something like yeah. that, like some, Maybe they're, creepy, they're... some creepy monsters. Well, I don't know if you guys uh-huh. ever played. Did you guys ever play Resident Evil Seven? Did you, Rob? I did not. I'm currently I've only st- played one. Okay. Well, I'm currently streaming <laughs> eight, so I won't give anything away about okay. that because it's too fresh. But seven, it's been out for a couple of years, so I don't mind ruining this shit no. for everybody. Sure. So in Resident like Evil Eight, Bad. there. Uh, sorry, seven. What was that? What was that? Just like Breaking Bad. Yeah. No. Uh, there is an element in that story. That at first, when you go to this house, you're you're trying to figure out why your wife has disappeared. You find her, and you find out that mm. she's kind of possessed, and she attacks you, and you shoot her. And you're like horrified that you killed your wife and then she comes back to life and she's alive and stuff like that and she keeps like no and she like will come in and out of this demonic possession and be like no you have to leave you have to leave i have to pretend i can't hold her back Ah!" and then like all of a sudden like she turns into like this demon creature well the whole story at the end is that there was a bioweapon that was a mold that was developed oh that was kind of like a hive mind so if you became infected by it your mind was essentially controlled by this mold, right? Or you hallucinated certain properties that you thought you saw things that weren't there because of this mold, right? So going back to the whole thing that I was saying, like what if they had developed some sort of, what if they were sort of infected by some sort of hallucinogenic mold, right? That caused people to hallucinate the, uh, the, you know, from just being, breathing in spores or whatever, they would, feel that these things were supernatural but the creatures themselves were sort of all like you know consume like you know like leprosy or something like that like by the mold or something that like made them look even more freakish than what they were i mean there's an element there i think that's still straying a little bit into the supernatural i would keep it even more grounded than that but Mm -hmm. uh there's something there you could just as easily make them like addicted to some root that right. only grew in that area of the forest right. and they could just like look like meth addicts or right. something and just tweaking out too right yeah. which could be yeah i'm right there with you if this thing gets remade and i think it is deserving of a remake, Peter, I think we should uh, remake because Love yeah, it. it was obviously stitched together as an afterthought to try and recoup money mm-hmm. rather right. than dedicate it's it's 
the story. Um, and I'd love to see that, but we should we should go to another, our final break and come back and keep talking about this. All right. Magic Alt the Movies with Rob and Rob. We're talking 13th Warrior today. And guys, I what genre is this? Historical fiction? Is that what it is? I would say so. I mean, I, I some people classify it as sci-fi. No. Well, historical no fantasy fiction. or I would like say, something. I don't know. I would say it's on the sci-fi channel. Historical fantasy, if you really sure. want to categorize me, I just categorize it as epic adventure. It's epic an adventure. epic adventure. I categorize it as Dentist office movie. Uh, <laughs> and I'm sorry. That painful, but be, huh? <laughs> it, it, here's the thing. It's so interesting to me when you you guys and I come into this and you're like, this was the right time in my life when this movie came out. And these are my final thoughts. But sure. uh, it's just like, and it really did it for me. I loved this. I hated this. I was going to go see it because this sort of thing stuck out to me. Whereas me, it's like, like I said before, I have no idea or any First time ever. memory of trailers, but I do remember this movie. And it is the sort of thing where like if I'm sitting in the dentist office, this is playing with no sound and no subtitles <laughs> or friends. And it's like, there's no way I'm going to understand anything of either thing that's playing right now because like it ends up going... Quick into the corner and a bunch of subtitles or credits are going by. And then I have to cut back to a scene after some local car wash dealership while I'm like thinking about my root canal. And so I think that's probably why I've been uh, avoiding this film for so long. (laughs) I am glad that I saw it. Uh, And when I started piecing together those Beowulf things, it's not the most difficult thing in the world, like you guys were saying, to like see those (laughs) connections. But like, I like that sort of stuff. I like that sort of like, oh yeah, well here's a spin on Peter Pan. It's actually told by, I don't know, uh, Tinkerbell. That's gotta be a story somewhere, right? Um, And and I think if this were remade, you could really kind of hash that out and it wouldn't have to be just Beowulf. you could throw elements of a bunch of, you know, dark yeah. ages tales. And it's kind of like, oh, one person told this story and it became Beowulf. And another person told this story and it became Noah's Ark or, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I think it could be it could be really successful if uh, they didn't tell anyone it was a remake. So that no one I I agree. It. I mean, I, well, it's also well, it dude, twenty-two cl- years old yeah, at this true, point. True. So yeah. you know, it wouldn't be called Thirteenth uh, uh, Warrior though. It'd be called yeah, that's years also was just confusing to me. I don't know if it was a better film if I would have been like, mm-hmm. ah, okay, but um, right, nothing's jumping out at me to watch this movie because it's called Thirteenth Warrior. Well, for me, I actually I actually really enjoy the title of Thirteenth Warrior because it's the thirteenth is unlucky. You know what I mean? Well, there were thirteen. Like, uh-huh, there were uh-huh. thirteen um, uh, warriors in the Beowulf. Yeah, story. no, I know, but but what I like about it is like kind of the subtext of like he is the thirteenth warrior. He's the unlucky one to go on this big adventure with mm-hmm. these other people. It's that fish out of water um, story, which I really enjoy. Like, it, look, I'm going to leave my final thoughts into the fact of like the impact that it had on me and what I would do if I remade it because I think it's important 
to <clears throat> let Hollywood know that there are good directors out there that can remake good movies. Um, so uh, the thing is, um, for me, lasting impressions, it always is an adventure movie. And whenever it is on, I actually watch it. Like mm. I do enjoy aspects of it. Like I love that scene in the cave with the water and stuff like that. Cause I lived in New Jersey. I lived in a cold East coast forest ridden place. So it, it kind of has a tie to that. So I feel like I was sort of there, right? When I watched uh-huh. this movie. So that I love. I love the relationships with certain of the characters. Like like I said, uh, little brother, uh, I always forget his name, Herger or whatever. I forget how to I, pronounce it. I don't, tell you the him. truth, I love this movie, but I, in a certain aspects, but I don't know any of the- Yeah, bodies. exactly. I forget the names of the characters. and I, and I But I like that relationship um, because I feel like that's like, it was me at some point. Like I was like, oh yeah, I like to feel included in the, this group of badasses mm-hmm. or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. However, moving forward, though, I do think that if this movie is remade, it could be dynamite, especially the way that I'm looking at it in my head right now. Like, I would keep the name the 13th Warrior. I would call it the 13th Warrior and the Eaters of the Dead, perhaps. Mm. You know what I mean? And you could continue on with a saga if you wanted to do it, right? Mm. So if you wanted to keep both things, I would do that. I would include my hallucinate. By the way, all these ideas are copyrighted. Rob Federick, 2021, all rights reserved. <laughs> so, there you go, baby. Hey, uh, that's already implemented in the fact that we're doing a podcast. Correct. Uh-huh. correct. Your ideas. Correct. So, uh, and I would keep it with the hallucinogenic uh, sort of root as Rob, accrediting Rob uh, Schulte on that one. But I think uh, that's copyright it. Rob Schulte, root man. Yeah, there you go. Uh, <laughs> but I would do a lot of things and I would make it a much I would make it more into a horror adventure sort of film, mm. right? Like with with epic adventure tones, obviously, but like keeping a horror element in there. Um, That's a good thing, Rob. I sorry to cut you off. Yeah. It's just like I was never scared of anything in this movie, right? Even the times I was supposed to be frightened of the people coming to attack them. Well, so no, adding that also element, in that's the cave, genius. In the cave, you're yeah, supposed to like, I would, the, you know, the bones. Yes. Look These at people can do anything. Yes. These, these guys can conquer anything. Yes. They're not scared. I'm not scared. The last thing that I'll mention, which is really important, and this is for all you uh, film students out there or people who love to uh, screenwrite or say so, there is a lot of Joseph Campbell influence in this story mm. uh, with the hero's journey. Mm. And we talk about Ahmed being refusal of the call, finding a mentor, the darkest cave, all this thing, and then the coming back with like it really is spelled out. I would keep those elements alive. I would center it on Ahmed. I would not care about Bullvi or anything like that. I'd throw in elements that this is what piece together. But I would also have him, as you said, Peter, kind Uh of be the one that narrates this story throughout. And at the end, it's like he's the one that wrote the Beowulf story. Uh And then you could continue on saga with like the 13th warrior and whatever else continues after that if you really wanted to expand upon it. But I would keep it as a standalone film, the 13th warrior and the eaters of the dead. And if Hollywood is interested in that, if we have any producers listening to that, you can reach out to me and we will talk more about remaking this film. I love it. I'm currently writing the sequel, the 13th warrior goes to the moon. (laughs) Oh dear Lord. I thought you were going to say. Peter, what are your final I thoughts? I thought you were going to say the Thirteenth Warrior goes to the dentist. I mean, <laughs> 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 and he files down a sword uh, into like a little micro thing to like pull your teeth. Right? Oh, that was great. Oh man. Okay. All right. That's it for Peter. Yeah, that, that's good night, my- folks. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you've been listening, to Robin. <laughs> oh man. Oh, let's put it this way. Um. Uh, you know, just like uh, another movie that we mentioned a lot on this uh, podcast, it is deserving of a remake. Um, 
Uh, that one already got remade, though. <clears throat> that- <laughs> I'm like waiting for you to say it. <laughs> I don't no, want no, to say it, though. A- That's the thing. Yeah, we're gonna leave. We're gonna leave the audience wanting more this time. <laughs> By the way, that whole Niagara Falls picture was just hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Bill. Um, but yeah, but yeah, no, I I'm so down for a remake for this movie i think that it could be amazing with with uh with today's ideas and of course i wouldn't want to see any like superhuman abilities but you know some supernatural elements you know in there probably would work or we could like we could make those supernatural abilities you know grounded in reality like you were saying like a hallucinogenic or something you know uh but i do think that this thing could be a horror film you know if they're taking the heads of these people you know i keep on going back to it you know your uh, midsummer really uh inspired that carpet octave yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah no i think that this thing could be uh could be brilliant and i know that you're a visionary director so if anybody is out there that wants to uh that's curious uh for my buddy's work over here <laughs> you gotta hit him up because it would be amazing you would make the he would uh, knock this thing out of the park, you know. Hell yeah! Hey, speaking of uh, awesome ideas, hmm. I think our fantastic producer editor Chris Tyler, who yeah. I'm sure you guys have heard of him, hmm. uh, he might start sitting in on our recording sessions to make his edits a little easier. And then if we need him to fact check anything for us, I think he should. He could really add a, a nice little writer's ear to that sort of thing. Oh, I love it. I like it. And I uh, yeah. I, I don't want to get too far ahead, but uh, Chris Tyler might be involved in a project that I'm currently working on right now. Uh, he might be uh, doing some writing on some stuff. So uh, Hats boom, off baby. to Chris Tyler, yes. editing this right now and feeling extremely awkward. <laughs> um, we love you, buddy. No, Peter, I cut you off, though. Oh, no, no, no. Thoughts. That was the... End of thought. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that's great because we've come to the end of the podcast. Uh, before we actually say goodbye, though, I have to remind everyone to tell a friend about the show. Leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Tweet at us. Follow us on Instagram. Head to Heavy Metal. And see all the other podcasts that Heavy Metal has on there. But, you know, obviously keep us up top because you love us. And, uh, Absolutely. and if you can, go out and check out Casa Luna Tequila. If you can, not Absolutely. Casa Luna, Cosa Salvaje Tequila. I said Casa You've Luna. You've probably that's already that's heard the ad no, in this episode Cosa today. Salvaje Tequila, yes. Go check that out if it's in your state. It's a great tequila. Absolutely. Very tasty. One of my favorites. Well, Peter, <laughs> would you like to, uh, would you like take, to us no, what, would you take us back home? you want to take us home? Rob? Oh, wow. Yeah, you take Such up, pressure. I will. Okay. okay. Well, this has been another episode of Magic All the Movies with Rob and Rob. I'm Rob. That's Peter. That's Rob. And we had another great talk. See you later. Bye. Bye. Madrigal at the Movies with Rob and Rob is hosted by Peter Madrigal, Rob Federick, and Rob Schulte. The podcast is edited by me, Chris Tyler, and produced by Rob Schulte. If you're looking to support this podcast, check out the merch link in the show notes or just leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. If you have any suggestions for a movie you'd like us to cover, you can reach out to me on Twitter at Christos Tyler or to Rob at Rob K. Schulte. Thanks, and we'll see you again next week. So-